another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. These past few weeks, I've been focusing on a few scenes from Jesus's life right before his death and resurrection and directly after and doing that in honor of Easter, which we just celebrated. But last week, I focused on a passage in John 21 where Jesus has just risen from the dead. He meets with his disciples a few times, but he meets with them in Galilee one of those times and talks specifically to Peter. And he specifically asks for the disciples to meet him there and specifically singles out Peter and asks for him to come. Peter has just failed him. Just as Jesus predicted, Peter denied Jesus on the night of Jesus' arrest, denied him three times, and he has failed big time. He's really bombed out um, in his calling. But rather than cast him aside, Jesus specifically requests for Peter to come to meet with him. And in this conversation they have in John 21, as I described in my last post, For Easter, in honor of Easter, um, we see that Jesus doesn't cast Peter out, that his failure isn't final, that he uses the moment as a teachable moment and uses it to turn Peter in the correct way. And if you'd like to hear more about that, you can check out my post from and the episode that goes with it. The post is on BeulahGirl.com and the episode, of course, is here on SoundCloud if you'd like to listen to it. But this week, I'm going to be focusing on the same passage in John 21. But what I love about scripture is we can look at it from so many different angles, depending on what we're going through. And when I was preparing these messages, there were really two separate messages that, you know, came out of my study of this passage, one about failure and the other was really about the endurance and the perseverance needed to complete the race. I don't know about you, and by race, I mean really our Christian walk, and I'm referring really to the terminology that's used in Hebrews 12.1, which I'll get to in a minute, but I don't know about you, but you know what I've discovered is this Christian walk is just, it's not a joke. It is difficult. There are trials that pop up. There are temptations that you know threaten to get us off course. There is persecution. There is opposition. And it's just difficult to live different how we're supposed to live in a world that is so opposed to the truths of the gospel. And so we have to have perseverance to make it through. And many a time I've told God, I I just don't know that I'm going to make it. How am I going to make it? Um, This is taking more out of me than I thought it would. I just want to read Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What it shows us in John 21 is really, it teaches us about maintaining that perseverance in our Christian walk, in our calling, and really being able to finish well. And I want to just draw some ideas from the passage that can teach us a little bit about that. Years ago, when I worked at a coffee shop, when I was still in college, I had a manager once tell me I was really good out of the gate at the beginning of my shift. I was enthusiastic. I was energetic. I was friendly to customers. But as my shift wore on, I was less 
enthusiastic, less friendly, less vigorous in my work. And his comment sort of caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting that criticism. But as I thought about it, I realized that he was really accurate, that I was someone who did start off my shift really well, but then as it wore on that I lost my enthusiasm. And I found that to be true in many areas of my life. I've started a lot of projects with such enthusiasm. And then as I've, you know, gotten into the project a little deeper, time is worn on, I've been a little less enthusiastic, a little less committed to it. And perhaps you can relate. And the Christian walk is, is, I think we can draw that same analogy to the Christian walk and our calling. Now, maybe you are a brand new Christian and you don't know at this point really yet what God has called you to in terms of service for him. And that's okay. God will reveal that to you as you walk with him and stay aligned with him, that he's going to reveal the plans he has for you. But maybe you've been walking with God a while and you know exactly what your calling is. Maybe you're midway into it and you know exactly what that is, but you may be struggling right now because of certain trials that have popped up. Maybe you have opposition and you've wondered, you know, how you're going to make it through. Whatever the case, we have to have perseverance to make it through and endurance. And so I want to just look at John 21 and what it can really teach us about that. In John 21, 15, 22, we see Peter who Again, as I just said, he has been instructed at, because he has just failed big time. And, you know, after bragging to everyone and making boasts about how he would never fall away from Jesus, even if others did, right before Jesus's arrest, that's exactly what happens. He falls away. He denies that he knows Jesus. He does it three times. And again, Jesus takes this opportunity to teach him but there's a few things from this passage that we can draw as far as endurance as well as failure. I want to just read to you the passage. It starts on verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And so we see here a couple things that we can draw from this. Number one, related to our call that we can draw from this is that it takes a repeated commitment to Christ to persevere through our journey. 
Now I'm borrowing this idea from the IVP New Testament commentary. I was able to study this on BibleGateway.com. If you simply go there, look up John 21 and click on study this, there are some free commentaries there. And the IVP New Testament commentary was one that I thought was really excellent and really illuminated this passage and made it really clear to me. One of the ideas that they talk about in the IVP is just this idea that that we have to renew our commitment to Christ more than once. And let me explain what I mean. Jesus in this passage asked Peter three separate times if Peter loves him. And then he points him to a directive to feed his sheep. Peter says in response, Lord, you know that I love you each time that Jesus asks. And one of the things IVP points out is that this is one conversation that happens in scripture, but this conversation could be, really be representative of our Christian walk. That really it can represent just those times in our life where it's almost as if Jesus poses a question to us because we really have a choice to go our own way or go the way of Jesus. And we have to demonstrate to him our commitment once more to him by choosing the correct path. What we see by Peter's response is we see that he has progressed. Whereas the, you know, before he was a little bit immature, a little bit braggadocious, right before Jesus was arrested, Peter again said that really braggadocious statement about how others would fall away, but he wouldn't. We see that he is humbled by his failure. And each time that Jesus asks him here in this conversation, as I talked a little bit about in my previous episode, Peter simply says, Jesus, you know that I love you. He's not saying, Lord, you know that I love you more than other people. I, I love you the most. He's just uh, simply saying, Lord, you know, I love you. And the third time he says, when he is questioned, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. So his response there is showing that he is pointing to God as the one who knows everything, not himself. Whereas before he seemed to be pretty confident in his own abilities and what he was able to do. We see a progression here that through his failure and through these series of piercing questions that, that God asked him, that Jesus asked him, that we see in his third response that he has really grown in his faith and that he's demonstrating a dependence on God and really um, a acknowledgement of God's sovereignty over his own. And that ultimately that is one of the marks of spiritual maturity is that we go from being, you know, simply someone who knows about God, who goes to church every once in a while and, you know, maybe picks up the Bible every once in a while to someone who is absolutely dependent on God and obedient and in, you know, surrendering their life to God. And that's what we see here in this passage. Also, the IVB talks about the IVP. It talks about how each time Jesus asks represents those times in our life where we will have the temptation to go the easier way that service to God isn't a call we answer one time in our lives, but it's a call we answer over and over again. I want to just read to you from the commentary, uh, a quote from them, which kind of explains it better than I could. It says, having spelled out his will for Peter, 
Jesus calls him to follow him. Peter had answered such a call at the outset of his ministry, but now he understands much more about who Jesus is and what following him entails. He also received a commission from the Lord for leadership in the community. So this is a call to commit himself. Just as this gospel shows that faith must be exercised in the face of each new revelation, so one's commitment to Jesus must be renewed as one learns more of Christ and his call. So again, it's talking about that as we follow Jesus, there are going to be various situations and, and life distractions that attempt to derail us from our calling. And we will have to answer again and again, yes, Lord, I love you more than these other things. I love you more than my comfort, my security, my desire for wealth, my desire for popularity, whatever it is, again and again, Jesus will test us with the question he raised to Peter. Do you love me more than these other things, Peter? Do you love me more than these other things? And that question will come into our own life as well. And what I've also found in, in the light bulb that went off for me as I was reading this passage and just studying it was that in our Christian walk, as we walk with Jesus, the you know at the beginning of our Christian walk, it looks different than when we've been walking with him a while. We come to places in our spiritual walk where he'll really challenge and stretch us and we come to a realization that, oh my goodness, walking with him is going to mean letting go of this particular habit, or it's going to mean him working on this area and me overcoming my fear in this area, or me stepping out more in this area that he constantly is stretching and growing, and he will stretch us in ways that are often very uncomfortable and lead us to places that we honestly could not go without him leading us and giving us the strength to go there. But we have to make the choice to continually follow. And that that choice will come again and again as he will test us and say, okay, how committed are you to me? You know, are you going to go this easier way in this instance? Or are you really committed enough to work on this area of your life and let me, you know, work on whatever it is that you've been holding on to that's holding you back in this area? There's a devotion that I really like, and it's called Transformation Garden, and it's written, um, there's a lady who writes the devotions, and her name, it's kind of hard to pronounce, um, Dorothy Valcarcel, I may be butchering her last name, Valcarcel, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, but she um, writes these daily devotions, and you can check them out on crosswalk.com. But if you know a little bit about her story, years ago, she was in a car accident and it was a horrible accident. She was in a car with her husband. They had a head-on collision with another vehicle. Another vehicle came into their lane and hit them, if I'm remembering this, the details correctly. And also, I believe that the driver of the other vehicle was attempting to take his own life. So he was going pretty fast, plowed into them. They survived the collision, but they had numerous injuries, both of them, her and her husband, and they had to go through a lot of surgeries, medical treatment, and years later, they still have lingering effects from the accident, physical pain that has not gone away. Their lives look a lot different now than they did before the accident, and she had to give up a full-time job. She and her husband had an advertising agency. They traveled a lot, were very busy with it. They had to give all that up because she just didn't have the stamina anymore physically to be able to maintain that kind of job. And so now she 
writes devotions. And anyway, one of the things she said one time in a devotion that really stood out to me is she said that, you know, God's grace and mercy is what, you know, has prevented her from really knowing everything that would be entailed in her calling. She's done these wonderful things. She's written a book. She's she writes these great, you know, amazing devotions that that impact so many women. She has a, a prayer uh, circle that she calls it, where you can you know write in prayer requests. She's done these amazing things for the kingdom of God, but at each juncture, she's had to give up more. And she said, you know, that the Lord in His mercy didn't reveal to her right away how much she would have to give up or sacrifice. That she didn't know everything that would be entailed and that that has been gradually revealed to her. And I had to kind of agree with her and say, you know what? That's kind of the way of it is that when God initially calls us, we don't know everything that will be entailed in our journey. We don't know the suffering that's going to come up. We don't know the trials. Like he hides a lot of that from us. But all of it, whatever we go through, if we're walking in his will is for his glory and it's going to bring good in our lives and bring good to others. But we may not know exactly. And we may become to different junctures and say, oh my goodness, Lord, I didn't know that my calling was going to entail this kind of trial or this kind of suffering or this kind of decision or me having to let go of this. I didn't know that it was going to look like this. And we have to make the choice in that moment of choosing Jesus again and again, like Peter here, he's going to raise that question to us. Do you love me? The other thing that we can get from this conversation that I want to point out to you is that in terms of having the endurance to finish our race, what we see is that the other thing we can draw from this is we just need to stay focused on Jesus. In their conversation, Jesus says to Peter, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And that's in verse 18. Basically, he's telling Peter here that Peter did as he pleased when he was younger. He went where he wanted. He did what he wanted to do. But as a disciple, as a follower of him to complete his calling, it's going to require Peter to leave behind those old ways. And it's going to require him to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to go sometimes to places he doesn't want to and do things he doesn't want to. And also, if you study this, according to the IVP, it alludes here, Jesus alludes to the way that Peter is going to die, which is going to be a, a death that is not fun at all. In the passage, when it says you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you, that's alluding to uh, crucifixion there. Peter died by crucifixion. He was crucified just like Jesus. He was crucified upside down. So by stretching out your hands, it's saying there, you know, it's talking about he's going to be stretching out his hands on a cross and then dress you. That could be a play on words for being strapped again to a cross. So Jesus basically is telling Peter, Peter, there is going to be suffering in your journey. The way that God will have you go that's going to bring the most glory to him is going to involve you being obedient and having to leave behind self and deny to your own desires. And so I think what um, we can get from that is that 
again, we see that, you know, um, the life of a disciple is one of self-sacrifice and denial um, and leaving behind, you know, just doing whatever it is we want to. But in addition, even though Peter is listening at this point and he's taking in everything Jesus is saying, Peter is still Peter. So he turns for a moment from his claims of devotion and asks about the fate of John. After he hears everything Jesus is saying, he's like, um, okay, so what about John? Who's, um, what's going to happen to him? Will he suffer as much? And Jesus tells him, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And that's in verse 22. So in other words, when I'm saying to maintain perseverance in our race, what I'm saying is that here, what Jesus is telling Peter, and that's we have to really just stay focused on what our task is for the kingdom of God, because it's easy for us to not only get distracted by trials and tribulations, but distracted in terms of comparing our journey to other people's and looking at others and saying, well, Lord, they're not suffering as much as me or their journey doesn't look anything like mine. Why aren't they going through the same hardships? And that's really what Peter is saying. He's saying, well, you know, is John going to go through the same things as I, or am I the only one that's going to suffer horribly? So Peter is very concerned about that. And Jesus doesn't give him the answer he wants, but tells him to stay focused on his own commission. And that's really how we're going to complete our race is not looking around, not looking at what other people are doing, not allowing ourselves to get distracted, but just fixing ourselves on Jesus, fixing him ourselves on him and what he would like us to do and getting our strength from him and not allowing ourselves to compare to what other people are doing, to feel like they're further ahead or further behind, or if they're suffering as much as we are. Too often we compare our suffering in ministry to that of others. Um, you know, we're okay, to, to, you know, with denying ourselves if everyone else is, but what if they don't? Jesus may have us in a place that looks a lot different than other people. And there's a poem I want to read to you. It's from Streams in the Desert, which is a devotional I've used before and will most likely use again here on the podcast. But I, I want to just read a few lines from this to you. I just want to tell you quickly that in this poem, it's kind of a fictitious a person asks a question, the speaker asks the question of God, and then there's kind of a fictitious answer as if God is answering. So that's kind of the format, question, answer. So let me just read it. Why must I weep when others sing to test the deeps of suffering? Why must I work while others rest to spend my strength at God's request? Why must I lose while others gain to understand defeat sharp pain? Why must this lot of life be mine when that which fair seems is thine, because God knows what plans for me shall blossom in eternity. Basically, it's just saying we have to trust where God has us, that wherever he has us, if we're walking in his will, that is the place, as it says in the poem, that we will blossom the most, that we will have the most impact, even if we don't necessarily feel like we have it. And Jesus' conversation here with Peter offers some valuable insight into the kind of rigor and endurance it takes to complete the mission God gives us. You know, it's only in his power and his strength that we can truly do what we need to do. We can't do it on our own, but it also requires some choices on our part. The choice to deny ourselves, the choice to turn from pride, the choice to turn from independence, the choice to 
lay aside our own desires and embrace what God has for us, trusting that the most fruit is going to come out of our lives if we are willing to trust God and remain in the place that he has us, even if we're tired, the way is hard, and we may not have the results or the perks that others have. It's only through him we can have any hope of finishing the race and completing our call. So let's just pray. Dear Lord, I pray for every single person listening. Lord, maybe they're tired. Maybe they're worn out. Maybe they're confused about where you have them. And maybe none of it makes sense right now. Or maybe they're just not really in a place of burnout, but maybe they're in a place where they don't necessarily know their call or they, you know, they don't really know if they're going to be able to you know, make it through what, you know, whatever it is that they're going through, whatever the case, Lord, I just pray for each person listening that Lord, like you did here with Peter, that you would set us on the right path. You would tell us what it is we need to do, or you would renew our strength. You would give us exactly what it is we need to complete our call that Lord, in those times where we are tempted to forsake you for things that look more alluring to go down the wrong path, Lord, that we would, like Peter, be willing to deny ourselves. We would be able to learn from you. We would be able to stay focused on you and not look to anything else or anyone else, but simply to you so that we can finish our race. In Jesus' name, amen.